0: You know, so many times we come before the Lord because of things that we need. But the Apostle Paul said, I know in whom I believe. I know. I know him. I know him. And that's the biggest thing that we could do, to know him, to grow in knowing him. He knows you. He knows everything about you and me. And the biggest thing we could do is grow in knowing him. Because when you grow in knowing him, you'll grow in trusting him. When you grow in knowing him, you'll grow in having confidence in him. As you grow in knowing him, you'll grow in being fully persuaded that what he said is what he will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is not a man that he would lie. Everything he says is of the purest truth. You can take it to the bank. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and be seated for a moment. And I want you to look at something in Acts chapter 19. Hallelujah. Knowing God, how important it is to know him. It's not about knowing a religion, not knowing an organization, not knowing a bunch of people. It's about knowing him, knowing what he thinks, knowing what he's going to say, knowing his ways, continually growing in his life, conforming to the image of Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Acts 19, 21. The Apostle Paul making a statement here. It says, Now after these things were finished, Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So Paul had a direction from the Lord to go to Rome. Isn't that right? You know, you don't need a new word from God all the time. So many times people need a new word from God and they have a great way of making stuff up. Amen. Look in chapter 23 of Acts and verses 10 and 11. Acts 23, verse 10 and 11. It says, And as a great dissension was developing, the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. That's what happens when religious people get together. And he ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. But on the night, immediately following, the Lord stood at his side and said, Take courage, for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. Well, this wasn't a new word. This was the same word. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. The word of God don't change based on your circumstances. If you'll stick with the word of God, your circumstances are going to have to turn around. Amen. Quit running away because of circumstances. Circumstances are there to chase you out of the will of God. Amen. 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 Verse 20, uh, chapter 27, verses 22 to 25. We know that Paul is on his way to Rome and the pilot decided, oh, we're going to go, we're going to set sail and they wind up in a hurricane. Paul told them, I don't think this is a good idea well they wound up in a hurricane remember that yes. so here in chapter 27 verses 22 to 25 it says yet now i urge you he's talking to the people on the ship now i urge you keep up your courage for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship for this very night an angel of the god To whom I belong and whom I serve. See, this is not just about I'm a Christian, I'm in the body of Christ, I'm born again. No, it's the God in whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me. Verse 24. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. Verse 25. And therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's the kind of confidence you need when, you, when knowing God. When you know God, you're confident that what he says is the way it's going to be. Yes. And we know that the Word of God is God spoken to us. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit could speak in our heart. The Word of God speaks to our heart. Amen. But I want you to notice that the direction never changed. Now, he got a word from the Lord about going to Rome. But it wasn't for him. He knew he was going to Rome. This was for the people on the ship. Isn't that right? right? Amen. And it's just like Jesus. You know, Jesus tells his disciples, go to the other side. Jesus goes in the boat and goes to sleep. In the meantime, hurricane force storm comes down on the lake. And all the disciples are freaking out. Right? Jesus is asleep in the boat. And then he gets up. They wake him up. Actually, they shake him. They yank him out of bed because they think you don't care. You know, people in faith look like they don't care, but they do care. And they yank him out of bed and they say, and he gets up and he rebukes the storm. And he says to them, how is it you have no faith? Well, what did he mean by that? How is it you have no faith? He didn't mean, how is it you have no faith to rebuke the storm? He meant, how is it you have no faith that you didn't believe what I said, that we're going over to the other side? The word of the Lord came and said, go over to the other side, but you're freaking out over the circumstances. Me, I believe what Father told me, so I'm going to sleep. Because there ain't a storm in hell that could stop me. few of you believe that. (laughs) Are you with me? See, you don't need a new word. You just need to believe the word that was given to you. Sometimes we think we hear from God, and we've all been here. Some of us are still here trying to get out of it. But sometimes we think we hear from God, but we're only hearing about what we want. Then things don't go the way we think they should go, and we think we need a new word. I need a new word. No, the question is this, very simple. When circumstances show up. If I am going through a circumstance, is it Satan that has come to steal the word from me? Or am I going through this circumstance because I'm going my own way and I'm rebellious towards God? That's the question you got to ask. And there's only one that really knows the answer, and that's the Holy Spirit. So I suggest you ask him. Don't ask yourself because you'll always come up with the right answer that makes you look good. Always will, won't you? Of course we will. (laughs) So ask the Holy Spirit about it. You know in 1981 when we first got saved, Pastor Ned and I first got saved in 1981 uh, we were 30 years old and uh, that makes us 72 right now in case you're trying to do the math in your head I don't want you distracted trying to figure it out so we started tithing in 1981 when we got saved not right away but after we got understanding about it and when we started tithing our finances got more attacked than when they were before in 1990 in the church the holy spirit told us and directed us to start new life family worship and the finances got attacked when we started then in 1994 the holy spirit had us to come into contract for this land Uh, back in 1994, and the finances and the attendance was attacked. So we had gone into contract that promised to make so much of a down payment every four months or every three months, whatever it was. And um, so finances were attacked, and then attendance was attacked. A lot of people left. So now we're left in contract having to come up with the money now without the people and without the finances. So we have to believe God in that area. And it was just, of course, empty lot and a steel building at the time. And only half of the building was here then. 1995, as a ministry, we started tithing to ICFM, our ministerial organization. And as soon as we made a decision to start tithing to ICFM based on the direction of the Holy Spirit, finances got attacked. Amen. 2004, Hurricane Charlie came through. Finances got attacked and attendance got attacked. 2007, when the economy tanked, same exact thing happened again. In one year, we dropped $350,000 in income. Then the same thing happened in 2020. A lot of people decided to leave in 2020 because of, you know, all the garbage going on out there. And since we started the church in 1990, we've never needed a new word from God about what to do. The only time you get a new word from God is if direction changes. Yeah. See, here's what we do. Circumstances come up, and it seems like problems going on in our life. And we go to God and like, well, should I change? Should I change? theres something different? Well, what he you it for? He would have told you if there was. Yeah. You're asking because you your circumstances are directing you. Instead of letting the word of the Lord that you've already known direct you. And instead of overcoming the circumstances, you're going to let the circumstances overcome what God told you to do. God's word doesn't change unless there's a direction change of some sort. And of course, he'll never change going against his word. Isn't that right? right. Amen. And like what we were looking at last week about giving and tithing, you know, we, we looked at Luke 6, 38, give, it's given it back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, right? Proverbs eleven twenty four said there's one that, that gives or scatters, and he, yet he increases all the more. So give, it's given back, scatter, and you'll increase. So God's not trying to get anything from you as if he needs anything from you. He don't need anything you have. He's trying to get something to you. And it's the giving that is the open door to receive back. Isn't that right? Amen. Of course, it's based on the principles of sowing and reaping that the Lord said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Right? There's always more promised in return than what you put out. Always. Always. The only time you receive back what you gave is when you give to the poor. The Bible says when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will repay you. But whenever there's seed sowing, you always get back more than what you've sown. Amen. Hallelujah. So how many of you would say that you want to reap more because you need to sow more? Amen. Amen. Okay, a few of you raised your hand. How many of you won't raise your hand no matter what I ask you? Here, a tough crowd. No, we want to sow more. We want to give more. We want to do more for the kingdom. That's why we want to reap more. Isn't that right? And that's a truthful attitude of heart. This is not about, oh, wow, this sowing really works. Look at all the money that I'm getting. No, that's not what it's about. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Because, what does Jesus do when he sits at the treasury? He looks at how you give. Isn't that right? He knows the attitudes and the hidden motives of our heart. We can look good, we can smile, we can dress nice, even use nice perfume and cologne. I mean, we can brush our teeth, look good, but he knows what's going on on the inside. He knows if you're playing church or if you're really interested. He knows. He lo- he walks right through the middle of the church. It tells us that in the book of Revelation. He walks right through the middle of the church. He does not need an angelic report about you. He's right there and sees it all himself. Amen. 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 Now we started talking about the different ways that the Word of God talks about giving. Uh, one is the tithe, and tithe. Many people struggle with the tithe. Then there is first fruits that a lot of people don't believe. Then there is the alms giving that is misunderstood by a lot of people and then there's seed sowing and a lot of a popular belief about sowing seed is that it's gambling. Yeah, too much Google, too much Google. Listening to the wrong people, people that don't know squat about anything. Why not listen to what the word of God says? Sowing seed is not well, you know, It's based on gambling because if you give, then you're going to get back 30. Who told you this? Who told you this? The 30, 60, 100 fold is based on your faith. I'm not giving $30 because I need $900 back. That's ridiculous. That is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. And unfortunately, I heard it back in the 80s. And you're still hearing it today. You know why? Because Google hasn't changed. You can still get this goofy stuff come up on searches. Amen. Are you with me? The Bible is the never-ending, changing word of God. Never-changing word of God. It's the pinnacle of truth. And you need to stop listening to what others say. And start listening to what the Word of God says. The only time your action is going to produce back in your life is when it's based on the faith that's in your heart. And your faith, based on the seed of the Word of God in you, develops inside of you 30, 60, 100-fold, which then produces actions and based on your faith, Jesus always said it this way, let it be done to you according to your faith. He didn't say let it be done to you according to the amount of money you give. He said, let it be done to you according to your faith. I can give away thousands of dollars and have no faith in it and get nothing back. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the word of God or you're going to believe somebody else that decided they're going to interpret the word based on their experience. And they're not interpreting the word of God. They're interpreting their experience. And if your experience don't line up with the word of God, your experience is out of order. Amen. 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 See, living by the word of God is about controlling your life. You know, God said to to, uh, Adam when he created him, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue. Subdue or have dominion over it. In other words, you subdue your environment or your environment will subdue you. Well, Adam didn't do what he was supposed to do and his environment wound up subduing him. He didn't take the dominion that he was supposed to take. Amen. So last week we were talking about the tithe and talked about how it's an Old Testament and a New Testament concept concept. Tithing is not under the law, although there was tithe under the law. But tithe started way before the law ever came into existence. You say, well, tithing is under the law. Well, so is loving God. Loving God's under the law. How about worship? That's under the law. How about honoring God? That's under the law. Has that been done away with? But we want to pick and choose what is and what isn't. Now, I know that the sacrificial lamb has been done away with. Thank God. We don't want to mess up the carpet. (laughs) Are you with me? The atonement has been done away with because Jesus fulfilled it. All the ceremonies, the festivals, they've been all done away with. In the Old Testament, you had Abraham long before the Lord ever came into existence. And there was the Abrahamic covenant. There was the law of the covenant, and then there's the new covenant under the blood of Jesus, where Jesus is now our high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. He is not a high priest according to Aaron. Aaron was part of the law. Jesus is a high priest according to Melchizedek, which was many, many years before the law. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah, not the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi was the tribe of priests. But he's of the tribe of Judah, which brings a new high priest into existence. It's not according to the law. It's according to the order of Melchizedek, where Abram tithed to him. And that was well before the law ever came into existence. You know, we sang that song, The Blessings of Abraham. So many people want to be blessed like Abraham, but don't want to do what Abraham did. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11:6 While you're turning there, I just want to remind you we're coming to the end of 2023, which means 2024 is right around the corner. And what is 2024? Election. That means if you're not registered, get out and register. Your vote counts. You say, "Well, my vote don't matter." It does to God. And you may not be responsible for who gets into office, but you will be responsible for your vote. And God's looking at it, and you need to get out and take your responsibility, and you need to vote. It it is a wonderful privilege given to us. Now, over in Vietnam, they have voting, but it's for a one-party system. (laughs) It's called socialism. But they make the people think, oh, you're voting. Yeah, you're voting for which socialist you want in there. There's no two-party system. Over here, you can vote for different people, different parties. Amen. You You can vote for abortion or you can vote for life, depending on what party you want to vote for. It's important who you vote for. Your vote is important. Amen. We're responsible before God for our vote. So if you're not registered to vote, please do so. Get out and vote. Get yourself registered and be there on voting day to vote. Amen? Amen. I have never once in my life used a mail-in ballot. I like going on the day. The day. This is voting day. I'm going on the day. And I've been voting a, v- a few years now. <laughs> a few. <laughs> okay, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Okay, faith. What is faith basically? It's believing. Faith comes by hearing. So therefore, if I'm hearing the word, what is always, when the word of God talks about hearing, what is always the assumed outcome of the hearing? Obedience. Thank you. We're going to move you to the front row. (laughs) Obedience is always the assumed outcome. When the Word of God talks about hearing, it's always assumed that it means obeying. Because if you don't obey, you never heard it. This is not about hearing it between your ears. Isn't that right? Okay. So faith, motivation for tithing is faith, which is basically obedience. Amen. So when you give, it's not grudgingly. It's not under compulsion. Now, it might start there. You know, you might start where, like, yo, oh, I guess I need to do this. But then it becomes where it's willing and it's faith. And what does tithing open up for us? The windows of heaven. And God does what? Rebukes the devourer. So the tither has rights to demand the enemy to let loose of their stuff. That's faith. And then God will watch over his word and rebuke the enemy because of the position you took. Isn't that right? Amen. You don't need to live in what's going on in the world. You don't need to partake of financial recessions and depressions that go on in the world system. Amen. Amen. Because you can apply the principles of tithing, but you have to apply it in faith. In faith, speaking the truth of the word of God over what you're doing. And it insulates us from the tumultuous conditions of the world economics. Amen. You know, I've told you this back in 2007 when the economy tanked. And in one year, the ministry lost $350,000. And as a staff, we got together and we said, what are we going to do? And we said, well, the church must be taken care of. So we decided that whatever monies came in, it would take care of the church. And personally, and it was four of us, personally, we would not take any salary. Because we said, we believe God can take care of us. There's a recession going on out there. Things have really tanked. The economy has fallen to pieces. Um, But we're just not going to partake of it. So we're going to make sure that the uh, church gets taken care of and we're going to believe God for our own selves to meet our needs. And it's obvious we haven't missed a meal. And that doesn't mean that we had, you know, so, so people hear that and because of being carnal, they think, oh, you must have had investments. Oh, you must have had money in the bank. Oh, you must have had other stuff you lived on. Yeah, it's called the word of God. That's what we lived on. We had nothing else. Now, some people are like, well, I don't see how that can happen. Well, you just need to get to know God. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? So when it says that the windows of heaven will open up for you and God will rebuke the devourer for your sake, it doesn't mean that the enemy won't attack you. But what it does mean is you have within your hand what it needs to push him back to push him off of you, and to live under the open windows of heaven. It's not automatic. This is not automatic. This is something where we have to take our place. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you have to put faith in what his word said, do what his word said, stand on what his word said, and push the enemy back. But you're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it by the power of the word, the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, and you taking your place. You say, well, bless God, I've done that and things don't really work out a whole lot. I mean, you don't. well, maybe you're only at 5% faith. Faith needs to grow. Maybe you've pushed the enemy back one foot. Well, that's where your faith is at. I mean, I realize that it's probably the greatest amount of faith you've ever had. And you think, bless God, I'm at thousand percent faith. (laughs) Are you with me? Now, he'll help you along the way. But you have to continue to grow and develop in faith. The more faith you grow in, the more you can operate in. And how does faith grow? By hearing God. Whom you know. Amen. Amen. God says, Prove me. It's only in the area of finances that God ever says in his Bible, Go ahead and prove me. See if it isn't what I'd say that it is. Therefore, the tithe holds God to his word. The tithe holds God to the fact that the windows of heaven will open, that he'll rebuke the devourer, and your vine will not cast its grapes. He's not trying to get out of anything. He wants to stand behind his word. He wants to operate on your behalf. But you have to do what it's necessary for him to do it. See, you're the one with the free will. You're the one that will either allow Satan to move in your life or you're the one that will allow God to move in your life. And it don't come because, oh, God, oh, God, I need you to do something. Oh, God. No, that's not faith. That's whining. That's not faith. Faith is a confidence, an assurance. Fully persuaded is faith. Isn't that right? Amen. So God's not trying to get out of it. He wants you to open up the the doors to him. God don't operate where he's needed. Do you know that? If he operated where he was needed, there'd be no need in the world. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to find somebody whose heart is faith towards him. Amen. Amen. God says, put me in remembrance of my word. Lord, I've brought the tithe to you, and I'm bringing you in remembrance. You said you'll open the windows of heaven, rebuke the devourer for, my, my, the devourer for me, and my seed will not, my vine my, my, my will not cast its grace before its time. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? So I'm bringing him in remembrance. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm just saying what he said. It's no different. Listen, listen. You got, maybe you got kids at home. You had kids at home. And you had dinner together. And you told your child, when you finish dinner, you can have a piece of cake. And the child finishes dinner and says, okay, dad, I'm ready for my cake. How dare you tell me what to do? Would you have a response like that? And neither does God. All you're doing is saying what he said. Okay, I've tied, so here's what you said. He says, bring them in remembrance of his word. Amen. Now, people that don't understand faith thinks that's arrogance. There's nothing arrogant about it. It's actually humility. Because you're giving yourself over to what God says in his word. Amen. So, what is the devourer? He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So what is the devourer? Well, one thing is, whatever makes you spend the money you didn't want to spend. Whatever makes you spend the money you didn't want to spend is a devourer. Or having a habitual out-of-control spending. I could slip right into that category. (laughs) I had to discipline myself. (laughs) Back in the sixties, when I was working in the union, I was making from four fifty to six fifty a week. In today's economy, it was four to six thousand dollars a week. That's what I was making. And two years later I went in the military completely broke because I spent it all. I had spending under my belt. <laughs> that was called out of control in case you didn't know that money you spend that you don't want to spend is an attack and when the attack comes against you you can attack back you attack back with the fact that I'm a tither the devourer gets rebuked the windows of heaven open for me you have no right into my life, into my finances, and into my circumstances. In the name of Jesus, based on the fact that I tithe, you are a, re- you are a devourer and you are rebuked by the Lord. Amen. 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 You know, there were many times we first started tithing and all, and we, be- we actually believed what the Word of God said. So our refrigerator was acting up. Now, I didn't have any money for refrigerators. I didn't have money for a bag of ice. So we'd go around and lay hands on our refrigerator for it to work. And uh, we figured, why not lay hands on all of our appliances so that they work? And we did that. And the appliances never had to be replaced until we decided, I think I want a new one. And you know that was some years down the road because you had to get money to do that. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's the devourer being rebuked. Habitual, out-of-control spending is a way of life. That's not an attack. Yeah. I never have any money. Well, it's not an attack. It's, a, it's your way of life. And you need restoration in your soul. Right? The devourer can be rebuked, but the lifestyle needs to be mortified. By the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You need to take the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, kill that thing on the inside of you, and get your life under control. Amen. 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 Devourer is money falling through the cracks. Well, I don't know. You know, it just comes in one hand and goes out the other. That's the devourer. Back in 1982, I started talking against that thing. It comes into one hand, and it's staying in the hand. It's not going out the other hand. And I started speaking to those things. That's, see, we take that as just a normal, well, that's just life. No, it isn't. It's a re- It's a devourer that's come to destroy your life. That's not what life is about. See, because you don't know life. Life is what the satanic world and the doctors has told you life is about. Life is you're in control of your money, of your circumstances, of what happens in your life and what goes on in your life. You're in control of it. That's life. And you don't get it unless you hang around God. You could go home from here today and wish and wish and wish, pull on the turkey wishbone, blow out the birthday candles, wish on a falling star, and you'll get nothing. Well, if God really wants me, you know, I'll tell you what, if God can reach me right where I'm at. Well, he don't go to the bars. You want to be where God is, you want God to reach you, then be where God is. Stop telling him to go where you go. He don't like where you go. I'm just saying. You think I don't talk from experience? I know what I'm talking about. Yes, I am. Okay, I'm not going there. So things that come in one hand and go out the other. You know, we never had a lot of money, but I had a lot of vices. So I had money to spend on vices. I would get the vice, sell the vice to get more money so I could buy more vice. And we'd always say we don't have any money. Well, that's because of the lifestyle we had. I had. It wasn't my wife. My wife was always, you know, nose to the grindstone, work, 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 but I'm blowing it all all over the place. I mean, I worked hard. I needed to because I had stuff I had to spend it on. How about you're just getting ahead, things are starting to look good, and your appliances break down. Oh, oh. And there's no more warranty. Oh, what am I going to do? He didn't have to get it fixed. I had to buy another one. I was just getting ahead. Well, I guess God gave me that money because he knew the appliance was going to break down. No, do-do. He gave you the money because it was your money. And the devil came and stole it from you. Stop blaming God for everything. He's not your problem. Like Brother Seville, shaving one morning, looks in the mirror and goes, Oh, my enemy, I have found you. We are our biggest problem. And you know what the biggest problem we have? It's the way we think. It's the biggest problem we have. Or the way we've been taught to think. You know, just because you've been taught it doesn't mean it was right. We did a teaching one time about who told you that. There are times that the devourer might be released against us because we're not walking in what God directed us to, so we've opened the door to the devourer. You know, we've talked about this for years, about the ministry of helps. Maybe God's called you into the ministry of helps, and you, you believed in your heart. You need to be involved in the ministry of helps, okay? But only when it's convenience. Well, I didn't feel good, so I didn't come in and serve. Well, maybe if you did, you'd have felt better. You have no more, no idea how many times I feel like trash when I get up here. Through the years, I have felt like total trash when I've come to church. For whatever reason, it might have been. Could have been physical reasons. It could have been sickness. It could have been uh, symptoms. It could have been uh, pain. It could have been all kinds of things. But because I'll give myself to what God says to do, It's no different than going across the water, folks. Go to the other side. How are you going to get to the other side? Well, as soon as I get feel better, I'll get in the boat and too late. And you notice it just doesn't get better. Don't get better. And, you know, people think that that was ridiculous where I passed up my son's offer to go to a, a ball game with him up in St. Pete because it was a Monday night and we had practice on Monday night. And I said, I can't go. I have practice. People said, that's ridiculous. I don't think God would mind. Yeah, neither does the devil. Come on. Come on. Smarten up here. Hello. Hallelujah. I'm glad you came today. You didn't shut me off there on live stream, did you? I hope you're still there. (laughs) See, obedience covers every area of life. Your enemy comes against you one way and will be defeated before your face and flee from you seven ways. You want to get your life straightened up quick, start obeying God in the area that he wants you to obey him in. And your life will start getting straightened up quickly. I'm not talking about walking in perfection. I'm talking about leaning to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lean into him instead of the other nonsense we lean into. Everything the world offers you, leaning into that nonsense. Lean into him. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Bible. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Hallelujah. I wasn't planning on it going this way today. But here we go. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Bring the whole tithe into where? Where's the storehouse? It's the church. It's the place that God set for you to be in. That's the storehouse. You know, now as a church here, you know, we're out of debt. You know, our mortgage is paid off, everything's paid off, everything's up to date, we have no credit card debt, we have no debt, no internal debt, no external debt, everything's been paid off. But yet we keep being an outreach to the world. We give to other ministries, we give event to evangelistic ministries, and we give to humanitarian ministries. Isn't that right? Amen. We do outreaches in the community. We've got the upcoming Harvest Festival at the end of October. We do street ministry. We do police appreciation. All right? We do other types of outreaches, too, within the community. And what we do as a ministry as a commu- into a community is using your seed to do that. So your seed is a double-sown seed. You've sown the seed into the ministry, and then the ministry uses that seed for other things, and you get blessed by that. So you get blessed for your giving, and you get blessed for the outreaches. Amen. The church is the place that we're supposed to grow in the Lord. That's the whole idea of the church. It's called discipleship. Isn't that right? Amen. And in order to do that, because this is a teaching church, it's like going to school. You know, I was in algebra class as a freshman in high school. And then I was in algebra class in summer school. And then I was in algebra class as a sophomore. You know why? Why? Because I didn't show up for class. Except maybe once in a while. And once in a while, you don't pass tests with a once in a while show. And your life is made up of tests. Because the devil is going to come and test you. Try you. And tempt you. And the only way you pass the test is by sitting in class. And thank God... Sitting in God's class isn't about mental capabilities. It's about spiritual openness to receive from him. Isn't that right? In church, we are to be taught so we can renew our mind and have our souls restored, our emotions, our mind, our wills being restored. They can bind up the brokenhearted, be healed of physical wounds and emotional wounds. Amen. The church, the word church actually in the Greek is the word ecclesia. And it means an assembly or a congregation. So we are all part as individuals of the body of Christ or of the ecclesia of the church. But no one person is the church. I hear people say, I'm the church, you're not the church. You're a member of the church. You're an individual part of the church. But the church means to assemble. And you ain't assembled with nobody when you're by yourself. The church is a people. It means a people called out to assemble. Amen. Why? Because in assembling, you partake of the corporate anointing. Everybody with the Holy Spirit in them, all that anointing gets joined together. The tithe, he says, brings food into his house. So the tithe brings the food into the place of assembly for the people of God. Amen. You remember Acts chapter 6, when the, um, the uh, Grecian women were, felt like they were being overlooked in the serving of food, that the Jewish women got the preference And there was a big dispute that arose. And they said, the disciples said, find seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and full of wisdom that we would put in charge of this task. For it is not right for us to leave the study of the word of God to go serve tables. So therefore, the church and the people were to be taken care of. And then the disciples were the governing body that overlooked everything. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Some of you don't agree with that. Well, read Acts chapter 6. God is never thinking of himself when he asked us to do something. Never. He's only thinking of our benefit. If he wants you to do something for somebody, he's thinking of their benefit, and then he's thinking of your benefit, but he's never thinking of his own benefit. It is the blessing of living under an open-windowed heaven and protection. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And it's the same here in the church. We only think about you and your benefit in sowing and giving. Right. Amen. Are you with me? Malachi, where were you? 3 Let's look at verse 11 and 12. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes says the Lord of hosts and the nations will call all the nations will call you blessed for you shall be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts this is God's desire for us as individuals just like it was his desire for Israel it's his desire for the church why? because it's his church Just like Israel is his people, the church is his church. And this is his desire for his people and for his church. And you can't just read it. You have to tap into that. You've got to take hold of that. Tap into the power source of the word of God and get it into your heart. Amen. Because by faith and by renewing your mind, you can pull the promises into your life. This is not about reading something and go, yeah, that's what I want, so I'm going to start saying that. You ain't got nothing to say. Now you can start saying it in order to renew your mind. Because you know what? The crap's going to hit the fan just as soon as you declare, I believe that. The enemy is going to come and test you and see if you really believe what the Word of God says. The Bible says every word of God is tested. Well, not by God. He knows it works. But the enemy is going to come and test it because you said you believe it. The heavens opened up when Jesus was at the River Jordan and he heard from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then right from there, he goes into the wilderness and the devil tempts him with what? If you are the son of God, he's come to question what he heard. Right away, as soon as God said it, the testing came. And Jesus answered every one of them with the word. Amen. By faith, you declare these things to renew your mind and pull those promises down into your life. When we tithe, we ought to do it by faith. How do you do it by faith? By declaring what the word of God says about tithing and the promises attached to it. So this is not about like, yeah, I know what the word says. Yeah, I know what the word says. I know what the word says. Well, faith don't come because you know what the word says. Faith only comes when it comes out of your mouth. And you need to start declaring the word over what you... Do. I'm bringing my tithe into the storehouse. The Lord said he'll open the windows of heaven, rebuke the devourer for my sake, and the vine in the field will not cast its grates before its time. When I'm just sowing seed and it's not a tithe, then I'm sowing my seed. The Word of God says that I'm one that scatters and I will increase all the more. I give and it's given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You got to be declaring the Word of God. Stop being a dumb Christian. And I mean dumb by meaning don't talk. I don't mean stupid. I mean one that doesn't talk. Don't be a dumb idol. One that don't talk. It's got to be coming out of your mouth when you're doing what you're doing. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I know this might sound a little strong, but you got to get it. The devil ain't playing no game. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob everything you got, and he'll rob it all while you're giving. Write down the verses or read in your Bible before you tithe. You know, I know some of you don't even come to church with a Bible because you're just going to read what's up there on the screen. That's a bad habit. Bad habit. Because when it comes to your Bible, you don't know where nothing's at. That's That's like saying, uh, oh yeah, well I'm just going to watch him use a sword, but I'll, I'll never use mine over there. And then when you Oh, well this is heavier than I thought it was. Oh, the, I am not sure about how this really, you know, you're not used to it. Or having a weapon, a gun. You know, I'm going to I'm going down to the range, but I'm just going to watch everybody shoot. I know how to shoot. I don't have to worry about that. And then you pick it up and you're like, you know, adrenaline sky high and you're picking it up and you're trying to get it, get the safety off and you're trying to load it and you dead. But you sure did watch other people do it. Good. It's about you. It's you. It's got to be in your mouth. You got to know about your sword. You have to know how to use it. Where to find what you need. Are you with me? It's not about I know what the word says. If you know what the word says, say it. Say it. Declare it. Yes. Faith works by what? Love. Faith works by love. Because when you give, it doesn't matter if it's a tithe, if you're sowing seed, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter if you're blessing somebody else. You're giving into their life. You give in the love of, of God. Isn't that right? And you give in love with God. Amen. Look at uh, verse seven through nine of Malachi here, chapter three, verse seven through nine. It said, "From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes, and I have not, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you," says the Lord of hosts. But you say, "How shall we return?" Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, "How have we robbed you in tithes and offerings?" You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation, of you. You know, sometimes you might feel like ten percent is just too much. Then you really have a problem with your government, because they're really taking a lot of money from you. At least God gives you the opportunity to bring it before him in sacrificial offerings and love. And the government's like, Give that to me. And will give you a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But sometimes you might feel like, you know, 10%, that's a little steep. But, you know, I've been saved for 42 years, and inflation has never affected the tithe. It's still 10%. He doesn't raise the interest rates. doesn't go through the Fed. They don't have to have a meeting about, well, what do you think about the rate of, of tithe? Should we change it to 10.5%? Let's raise it to 25 points. No, it's always 10%. But if you think 10% is too much, always remember this. It's better to be 90% blessed than 100% cursed. Yeah. That good. Right, Lord. That. Right. Amen. Psalm 32, 8. Hallelujah. I hope this is helping you. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. The Lord does not counsel us or direct us without knowing exactly where we are at. His eye is on us at all times. Isn't that right? You know, Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, the kingdom of God and his righteousness is his right way of doing things in the kingdom. Okay? So we should seek his ways. He said he will instruct us and teach us in the way which we should go. Well, we have to be seeking his ways. You know, I, I never heard anything about the ways of God when I was out there smoking opium. I never heard anything. It's amazing. I heard a lot of stuff. I even saw a lot of stuff. But I never heard of a lot about God. You know why? Because he wasn't out there blowing dope with us. He wasn't. When we would do psychedelic trips, he didn't book a ticket. And say, I'm going to go on a trip with you. No, wasn't there. But when you start seeking his ways, he'll start to instruct you in his ways. When I heard about tithing and finally got to the place where I understood that I needed to tithe, I asked for help. I had no money to tithe. Well, of course, you have money to tithe. But, you know, when, you, when 100% is not enough to live on, you, you got some things to deal with in your thinking. You're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'll just give away 10%. You can't live on, if you had 150%, you couldn't live on it. So I started seeking the Lord about tithing. And I would say, Lord, help me in this area. I see that I need to, but I don't see how I can. So help me in this area. And I continued to seek him. See, now this is what people will do. Here's what people, this is why they never advance in life. I can't afford to tithe. And we're just using this as an example. This goes in any area. But I see what the Word of God says about tithing, but I'm looking at my situation. I can't afford to tithe, so I'm just going to put that over on the side, and maybe one day I'll get to where I'm able to. You never will. You never will. You know why? You didn't keep the Word. You blew the Word off because you said you can't do that. So let me ask you this. You all have been saved for a while. So what is there in the word that you've seen come across that's a piece of cake, has no problem. You can just walk right on into it. Anybody? You didn't even get saved like that. You had to make some choices to get saved. You had to make some decisions to get saved. Right? Well, everything's like that. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to the word. Keep the word and the word will change you. That's all, just keep the word. I knew a man that would smoke and he wanted to quit smoking. And he would uh, declare, you know, what came alive in him was that his body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So therefore he doesn't want to put cigarette smoke in his body. So he would declare, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he'd keep doing that until he built up enough strength to take those cigarettes and go, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't need those anymore. See, because what the devil's going to do is he's going to condemn you. Well, you know the Bible says the, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you're putting them cigarettes inside of your mouth. It's when you need to use those two favorite words. Shut up. you be kidding me. But you see, he uses that to condemn people when actually you just don't have the strength to do it yet. My wife, you know, she used to smoke uh, regular cigarettes. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you gotta make a point. I had a guy come up to me one day. I was sitting in, I I used to drive taxi at night and I had a guy come up to me at night. He goes, hey, do you smoke? And I was like, he goes, cigarettes. I'm like, oh no, no, I don't smoke (laughs) cigarettes at (laughs) all. (laughs) but she used to smoke and what was it 25 cents a pack yeah it was 25 cents a pack and she said when it goes up to 50 cents a pack i'm gonna quit well it went up to 50 cents a pack she didn't quit and it went up to like 75 cents a pack she didn't quit and then it went up to what a dollar 25 then it was a dollar 25 a pack okay well all the time she was wanting to quit she was looking to the lord to quit and she had just bought a new pack for a dollar 25 this is in the Early 80s. $1.25 for a pack of cigarettes. And she just opens it up. And the Holy Spirit says, Now, quit. She's like, But I just bought a new pack. (laughs) 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 You know. And she was like, We were driving down the road. She's like, Okay. She rolled down the window, threw the cigarettes out the window, and never touched them again. But, See, it was at the time when she was able to do that, not only able to do that, but able to not go to them again, because it was a deliverance. See, a lot of people would say, "I'm throwing that away. I'm not going to smoke that again, but you're not in position for that. You'll pick them up again. Because you're not ready for it. You didn't get delivered. You just threw them out the window. <laughs> the major difference. He knows where we're at. His telling me when it was time to tithe was not based on where my finances were. It's based on where my faith was. And thank God, by the grace of God, I've never stopped tithing and never missed a tithe. Hallelujah. He's looking at where you're at. He's right there in the boat with you. He knows exactly which way we need to go. He knows that we're stuck in a world system. And he knows the tithe can free us from that cursed system. No matter who we are, we can get free from that cursed system. And the tithe is for everybody, whether it be clergy, whether it be laymen, whether it be churches, whether it be businesses, organizations of any kind, whether it be for those that are old, those that are young, no matter what gender, no matter what race, no matter what your economic status is. The tithe is for everybody because it's your only way up. Amen. Many times tithing is taught by pastors. But unfortunately, they themselves don't tithe. Therefore, they teach theory to their people. Or they teach out of need or manipulation because the church needs money. There are pastors that they don't tithe even from their own churches. I've known evangelists and missionaries that don't tithe. But yet they all need to be tithing. Tithing is for everybody because it's God's way of doing things. It's God's way of handling finances and it's God's way of you putting him first in your finances. And if you honor the Lord, he will make your path straight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If we want our lives our businesses, our organizations, and our churches to live under an open heaven than we ought to tithe from each one of those. You know, I had a business at the same time. When we first started the church, I had a business and I had the church. Well, I tithe off of my business and I tithe off of the church. I tithe personal. I tithe business monies, but then out of the business I got a salary, so I would tithe off of my salary. You say, well, didn't you tithe off of that with your business? What, are you afraid of giving too much? I don't know about you, but I'm going to give every area I can. Because I want everything to be covered. Isn't that right? Amen. When I was a mechanic, before I even owned a business, I would tithe off of my paycheck. And then people would give you tips all week long, and I would write down on a card, the tips that I got, every time I got a tip, I write it down. And at the end of the week, I'd add it all up. And 10% of that was my tithe. And then I did side work. I would do stuff at the house, working on people's cars. And I would tithe off of that. All forms of of income should be tithe And that's why he says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe. I wanted to live under an open heaven in every area of my life. Amen. And I was thankful to the Lord for all the areas of my life. Because as I started walking with him and got to know him, I watched my life start straightening up. Area after area after area. And I was very thankful for all that he did. And um, watched my life turn around. Watched my marriage turn around. Watched my children turn around. Watched everything turn around. When you tithe to the Lord, it is based on thankfulness, and love. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful to you for all that you are, all that you've done. If from the day I got saved, there was no promises to partake of in this life. Eternity still is not long enough to say thank you for all that you've done in delivering me out of hell and bringing me into the light. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Just bow your head for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you have a revelation about tithing. Maybe you've never heard about tithing. And you want to step into it. Maybe you've been tithing for many years, but you're doing it out of ritual rather than out of faith. And you need to step back into faith. So whether you've been tithing for a while or whether you just heard about tithing, faith is the key. So what you want to do is now take these verses in Malachi and the ones we talked about last week in Hebrews and get them in your heart. Read them over and over and over again until it gets into your heart. Okay? And then, you know, that can start to affect the way you think. It starts to affect the way you think. It'll start to affect the way you speak starts to affect the way you speak. It'll start to affect the way you make choices and decisions. Your mind being renewed and your soul being restored. And then you'll get to the place to where the Lord will say, okay, now, tithe. Now you can start tithing. And that means now you can start living under an opened heaven. Maybe he'll say to you, okay, you've been getting back into the word again, so now faith is alive, so now start doing this by faith, declaring the word over what you're doing instead of just doing it out of a ritual. It started by faith, but it's become dead works. But let it be alive again. Let it be by faith. Because faith pleases God. And faith is the operation that brings the return. Amen? Amen. Go to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 for a moment. Proverbs 3, 9. Thank you, Jesus. It says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. King James says, and from the first fruits of all of your increase. Okay, so we said that there were four ways that the Bible talked about uh, giving tithe, first fruits, alms, and seed sowing. So we finished talking about tithing, so we're going to start talking about first fruits. Not next week, but in two weeks. Because next week, Pastor Clyde Oliver will be here for Sunday morning, Sunday night services. Hallelujah. You know, it's not that I need your response, because I just keep on going, but response helps me to understand, you got it. You know, people say, well, why do you say it over and over again? Because you don't respond. I didn't think you got it. Are you with me? All right, so we're going to start talking about First Fruits next week, or two weeks rather, but next week, Pastor Clyde will be here Sunday morning, 1030, Sunday night, six o'clock. And um, we're expecting some great things. And um, wonderful, wonderful graduate of Brother Copeland's, been part of his ministry for quite a while. Has had his own church over in Melbourne for a number of years. And he's always a great asset. Very disciplined person. So you know he's disciplined to be in the Word and to, and to bring the Word uh, of what the Holy Spirit would want us to hear. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you. We honor you and we thank you, Father, for your goodness and for your grace. Father, I thank you that you're more than enough, that your word, Father, covers every aspect of human existence, that we can walk in your word, that we can walk in the benefit of your word, and we can walk in the results of your word, that your word, Father, becomes more and more a part of our life as we grow in conformity to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Father, I thank you for these things. And as we come before you this morning with our giving, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you, that you allow us in our condition to come before you, a holy God, and to bring our substance to you, to honor you with a heart of gratitude and reverence, thanking you for all that you've done for us. We're a blessed people, Lord, because of your goodness goodness your grace, and your loving kindness. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us on live stream or on podcast or wherever you may be online, whether you're in the county, in the state, in the nation, or someplace in the world. It's always great to be able to connect with you. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, uh, information right there. Uh, the website is on the, on the screen, and our uh, email information is, is on the website. And we would love to hear from you, uh, any reports, good reports, praise reports, any prayer re- requests that you might have. We would just love to hear from you. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. I thank you in advance for the seed, that you sow, and we believe God with you, that based on your seed sown, that it will come back to you, that increase is on its way into your life, so that you can do more for what God would have you to be involved with. Amen. Amen.